Hello, my name is Julie King and this is the Bonnelly Tourism in a New Era podcast. Each week I'll be interviewing global leaders in the complete tourism supply chain. We will hear how they've adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place and how they are innovating and marketing to rebuild confidence. Good evening, good morning and good afternoon. My name is Julie King. Bonnelly is a tourism industry community platform which focuses on global industry collaboration. It drives 21st century thinking and positively shapes the future of tourism and creates a positive impact in the world. We created Bonnelly in response to the impact of the global pandemic in 2020. It's a platform for good that brings the whole global tourism industry together to collaborate and unite for common purpose. We're looking forward to having thought-provoking and open conversations on the future of tourism, where it's moving to and how we can together ensure the sustainability of businesses and the environment. Our focus for Bonnelly is on collaboration and bringing a community together. It's not about competing interests. Last week, we had the pleasure of welcoming Lindsay Boyd, Tim Dwyer and Sarah Skeets from Business of Brand to our panel. And we talked about economic impacts, new trends and 21st century business models. This recording can be found on bonnelly.world. And today, our audience actually comes from 10 countries and 14 sectors of the tourism industry. Our topic today is destination readiness and innovation in a new era. The first destination that we'll be showcasing is Dubai. We will hear how Dubai as a destination has adapted, the challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures that they have in place, and how they're innovating and marketing to rebuild and reshape tourism. So I'm really honoured to introduce you to you today, our guest speaker is Sam Kazim, who is the CEO of Dubai Corporation for Tourism and Commerce Marketing. Issam, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Dubai, as you know, has always been my second home, having lived there for 14 years. So I'm really looking forward to discussing with you today Dubai's plans, vision and insight for tourism recovery. We've got lots to discuss, so I will start our discussions, but please welcome to um, today's session. So happy to be here and uh, honoured to be the uh, guest with Bonali and then uh, one of the first ones. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you on. So, Issam, we're going to talk a little bit about impact to begin with from Dubai. Um, as we know, the global pandemic decimated you know, tourism completely, but Dubai was one of the first destinations to reopen in July, which is almost four months ago now. So what I'd love to know is how challenging was that for you and for Dubai? And what measures were put in place to ensure confidence um, from visitors coming back um, to the destination? Sure. I think, uh, as you rightly mentioned, I mean, the pandemic is global, right? Um, yeah. The way that it, that, that it came in, it came in at a time where we were already well underway um, executing on the plans that we had put in place uh, last year, towards the end of last year, as, uh, as we always do. And we had come off, off the back of a successful 2019. We had seen about over 5% growth uh, during what was a difficult time. We tend to yeah. forget that now with the, yeah. the lockdown and everything. But um, we, we were doing quite well. And the plans for the first two months, January, February, executed extremely well. We saw another 4.3% growth uh, for January and February uh, 2020 compared to the year before. So again, it was a record-breaking year uh, start for us. So we were very excited about that. And then March happened. Everybody goes into lockdown as, as we did as well. But then it was an um, opportunity for us to quickly regroup. First of all, was to make sure that we have uh, our public safety and health 
and well-being uh, as, as a priority. Yeah. Uh, we made sure that we had all the measures in place. We started to really look at uh, isolating um, the cases as much as possible to ensure that we are managing it really well. And I think that really helped us considerably yes. um, because it gave us a nice and a solid foundation to, to pick up from. Um, we also looked at a uh, phased approach as to what this market startup could look like. So we regrouped as a team internally. We started to look at our plans, revisit those plans and look at June market opening up, September market opening up, December market opening up, different scenarios. And we even had to go market by market to ensure that we are not tied down to one or the other because we know that this this is a situation where everything's in flux. Anything can happen at any time. Some might take longer than others to recover. So we wanted to be prepared. And that gave us a good chance to, to begin with. In a nutshell, that's the approach that we took. Yeah. But we also made sure that we had different messages by market that we were looking at um, as well. Right, right, okay. And part of the um, the mandate of um, Dubai Tourism and, and the wider DGCM is influencing or classifying all of the accommodation and experiences within Dubai. So was there a lot of changes that you had to make within those classification criteria to ensure with the new requirements for, you know, safety and hygiene, et cetera, et cetera? Was that something that had to go through quite a rigorous review and, and then adapt those systems, you know, moving into? Absolutely. So what we did was, as a, as a country, we had the COVID command center. Yes, and um, what their role was to work very closely with all of the different authorities and departments within yeah. the uh, federal as well as the local governments yeah. to ensure that we have the best practices in place. They were also engaged with the World Health Organization and what best practices were being put in place by them. And all these measures were being communicated literally on a daily basis. And we were updating all of those guidelines within our websites as well. What we did was during that period of time also is to ensure that the city with Dubai Municipality, for example, I'm talking about a local level of Dubai yeah. now, the city started going through a complete cleaning process. So we went into a lockdown and the lockdown, what was amazing for us is that Dubai is made up of approximately 200 different nationalities. And uh, there's a very, very good mix in terms of the percentages of, of, of those nationalities. And the fact that everyone stood together, right, and, and took this lockdown seriously, took it upon yeah. themselves to ensure that they respect this lockdown quite well, gave the government time to make sure that all the cleaning processes are taking place. Every inch of the city was, was cleaned up. At the same time, the hospitals were geared up and ready to do as many tests as pos possible. So per yeah. capita, we were amongst the highest in the world of tests that were being run. I was just going to, to say, it was over 100,000, wasn't it? Um, the yes, tests yes, that you were doing per day. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that helped us again, because mm. the more we can isolate, the more we can at least address uh, those concerns rather than leaving it open, the better it, uh, chance it gives us to really nip it at the bud as much as, as much as possible. Then what we did was from our side as a uh, department of tourism, as you rightly mentioned, we are also responsible for the regulations of hotels. We started to look at the policies that we have in place, the regulations and the procedures that we have in place for malls. So we worked with uh, the Dubai Economic uh, Development Department. We worked yeah. with Dubai Municipality as well as uh, DTCM uh, within our own uh, basis. Each one of us have inspectors that go out and inspect all of the properties that fall within the remit of their, their role. And then eventually what we did was we rolled out this new program, which is called Dubai Assured. And it's a, a sticker or, 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 or a brand that you are served once we ensure that you meet all those requirements. Right. And it's, it's not just um, receiving it at one time. 
but it's also making sure that you maintain those standards. So our inspectors are going there regularly, at least once every two weeks, right. to ensure these measures are still in place. So right. you need to maintain that brand. Absolutely. And then it gives us, as well as more importantly, the guests and the visitors and the residents of, of the Dubai, the assurance that, you know what, these are verified and checked and, and uh, all the hygiene measures are in place. So that gives us, again, a great, great opportunity to, to really build on. Absolutely. And did that go across also other parts of the industry as well, Issam, or was that that was mainly the, the accommodation establishments because that's really what you inspect, you know, from within? Yeah. It goes across every touch point for any of the visitors or the okay. residents. So it, it covered malls, it covered restaurants, it covered hotels, it covered right. even uh, some of the public spaces as well. Yeah. So a lot of the areas that we know that are frequently visited or eventually would be frequently, yes. frequently visited, we wanted to make sure that all those measures are in place in those areas. Right. And then your inspectors went out and inspected those in the same sort of levels as well. Like I said, I mean, it, it's one thing about achieving or receiving that sticker, right? That's right. But it's more important to make sure that we're right. continuously maintaining that. And there's also an ongoing dialogue. At the end of the day, as DTCM, we have regular sessions that we have with the industry. Uh, so all the stakeholders from the ecosystem, from the hotels, from the retailers, from the trade and everybody else, we have regular sessions with them. It used to be quarterly, but yeah. during the lockdown and, and post, we're now having them at least once a month. Yeah. During the peak of the lockdown, we used to have it once a week to yeah. keep them abreast of all the changes and everything that's happening. Yeah. And now... We are meeting with them regularly, or at least the relevant departments are meeting with the relevant departments on a regular basis to ensure that all these new measures, any tweaks, any adjustments that need to happen are being communicated in a timely fashion and are then translated into actual action on the ground. That's right. And actually, you were sharing those on social media as well, because I saw those on LinkedIn, quite a lot of, um, you know, halals, um, you know, meetings, you know, with the industry as well and on that side. So it was great. So it was available, you know, throughout on that side. Great. And from Dubai support to the wider tourism industry in Dubai, I know there's a lot of government initiatives that were put in place at the beginning to provide that support. Could you talk about those as well and, and what happened? There was um, a lot of subsidy that the government had put into place because, again, when they ask what is the hardest hit uh, segment during this period of time, I would, I would definitely say from not being selfish because I come from a tourism background, but tourism is definitely the biggest hit because the impact that that has on a wider sphere around it is quite large. And yeah. considering that Dubai's number one export that we always pride ourselves with is tourism. So it was something that we needed to uh, address immediately. Um, so I think even if you look back at the last center package that the government had put into place, it, the total value was about 1.5 billion dirham. And that totaled up to, I think now, roughly 6.3 billion in total since, right. since the pandemic uh, started. And these come in different um, uh, forms, whether it's deferment of payments, um, of, of fees and other such requirements. Even in some cases, there were some fines that were deferred for, for later to make it much easier for people to be able to manage their cash as well. Yes. Um, and I think those those were like very well appreciated by the industry. And again, it's not something that we waited or we dictated. What mm. we did was during these sessions, we encouraged our partners from the, from the ecosystem, private and public sector, to share their concerns and highlight what are the areas that they, they would like to see, you know, their benefits being uh, served. So we made sure that that is then taken up to the highest level within the government to ensure that there is a continuous dialogue, that they understand the impact and they're hearing the voices of those individuals who are impacted and therefore applying those policies and changes and, and, and incentives in the right places. 
Great, great. I'm sure that will be the envy of many countries on the call today because, you know, there's certainly a lot of challenges with government around the world and trying to, you know, to support the industry in the right way. So the success of Dubai has been based on the fact that Dubai as a city has never, ever thought of itself as a government and, and different government departments and so on. It has always, always, always acted like a private corporation. Yeah. And uh, when, when a decision is made or when there is an idea, it's always shared within the private and public sector. And it's about how quickly yes. they bring both, both sides together and they're all pushing in the same direction. That's right. And that's why these decisions can be made very quickly. Changes can be made very quickly. Yeah. I mean, even when we rolled out the strategy for tourism in, in 2013, yeah. there were so many initiatives in there that the private sector were responsible for. And they yeah. took it upon themselves and they executed on it amazingly. And that has really helped us continue the growth that we've seen. So in, during the pandemic, it was far more important to actually get people because it was a serious issue now. And how yeah. quickly everyone came together and the government was there to make sure that they also respond to the, right. to the needs of the, of the market. That's well. right. And there was also a lot of close collaboration with Emirates as well, because there was a lot of positives that came out of that with, you know, making sure from a medical perspective, people when they travel, you know, were, the cover, were covered from a COVID perspective as well. Sam, Dubai's always been a leader in innovation um, on the global stage. From what I'm seeing in the, the pandemic, that has not changed either. Um, your social media channels have been really active with lots of new initiatives, and I'm always seeing you know, new things happening from virtual working programs to retiring in Dubai and electronic arts. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, I guess, building innovation in a time of pandemic? You know, a lot of interesting things come out. What was the thought process behind some of these initiatives? And was there any others, you know, that, you know, I haven't mentioned today? Before we get into that, I would like to take you through the journey of from the mm. lockdown and how things evolved and how we've gone to where we are. Sure. I think, I think it might be useful for, for the audience as well. In the beginning, we thought about the safety and security of those who are in the city. Um, so the lockdown really helped address that. Yeah. It really helped the government put a lot of initiatives in place in, in cleaning up and really looking after the hygiene of different areas. Then we also looked at once the citywide cleaning had happened, we went into the private sectors with the malls and restaurants and so on and so forth, making sure that those are also up to the standards. Then we introduced our own Dubai Assured program. Yeah. And all of these things that we were doing really helped mm -hmm. us get recognized from a global uh, on a global front from the WTTC, who then awarded us the Safe Cities uh, yes. stamp as well. So what we did was then started to roll out our, our comms campaign as well. As you said, we've got a very active social media channels where it was important for us to not disconnect from our audience and from our fans and from our, our, our visitors. So what we did was we started off with a uh, Till We Meet Again uh, campaign. That was the first one uh, that we launched out. That was during the, the peak of the lockdown. Uh, yes. The message was one of solidarity, saying that, look, we're, we're in this together. You're going through it, as is the city of Dubai as well, making it a bit personal between the city and the individuals as well, and showing them as you are within the confines of your four walls, Dubai is also empty, right? Yeah. And it's missing you, you know? And, yeah. and, and those kind of messages got a lot of amazing positive impact and response from the audience, and we saw great engagement on that front. Then what we did was we started to slowly introduce other bits of campaigns that started to evolve and react to the way that people are reacting to the campaigns. So we started to see search going up. We started to notice that there's a trend of people searching for Dubai and certain things about Dubai. Yes. So then we evolved the campaign and wanted to feed the anxiousness that the people were feeling and, and, yes. and wanted to get out and explore the world again. 
So mm-hmm. we started to share images and throwbacks of Dubai, beautiful parts of Dubai, giving them the opportunity to, to imagine what it was like and what it can be like once, once we're uh, over the lockdown as well. And that started to generate a lot of positive engagement as well. But during all of these different parts and phases of the campaign, the new part that we had introduced was the, the hygiene aspect, right? Yes. The safety and hygiene aspect. Because we knew that going forward, as much as somebody wants to go out, there is this, even if it's in a subconscious, that is it safe? Is it clean? Can I go there? So everything that we were doing, all the efforts that we were doing, were either kind of weaved into the communication or we were being supported by the push that we were doing across all of our partner mediums and partner channels of all the measures that the government has put into place. So marrying those two things together would help create a much better, much more visible picture of of confidence and traveler comfort when they are thinking of the next destination. Mm -hmm. That then started to evolve from a awareness into a a consideration and now down to a conversion part of the funnel where we're still looking at a big chunk of it being hygiene and the well-being of the individual but also looking at consideration, pushing down into the conversion aspect as well. So all those phases were done in a playful way. Then what we did was it gave us a chance to look at new opportunities, things that were, I would say, low-hanging fruit, things that we've been discussing for quite some time. And we thought that this might be a great opportunity to trigger those uh, discussions and really put them into action. So the, the virtual working visa, we noticed the trend. A lot of companies are allowing their, their staff to work from home. And it is going to be so for the next few months, uh, at least. So with that in mind, what we said was, okay, Dubai has, again, 200 different nationalities. We have many people visiting friends and relatives, as is. So why not use this as an opportunity to open it up for tourism as well and introduce a, a new program that will allow people to, to come to Dubai on this virtual working program and be able to work from Dubai. Dubai has an amazing infrastructure when it comes to office spaces, the infrastructure within the, the connectivity and IT and so on and so forth is second to none. So, so people can actually come over here and work seamlessly with mm-hmm. their offices uh, back home and at the same time, enjoy what Dubai has to offer. We have almost guaranteed 365 days of sun. The weather, especially now onwards for the next six, seven, eight yeah. months is, is stunning. It's beautiful, um, isn't it? So why not take that opportunity yeah. and also come and visit your friends, visit your relatives and, and, and have a great time while, while working uh, and being efficient as well. Yeah. So this was something that we rolled out as you saw recently. I actually love the campaign concept. The two that I have seen anyway in the short videos, they were very clever. They're on the Visit Dubai site, um, social media at the moment, aren't they? They are. And the idea was to, to you know, be a bit playful, a bit tongue-in-cheek yeah. with it. And, and, and because it is something that's fun and we want people to see it that way as well. And the way the work has evolved and the way that the pandemic has, has really put people in this mindset of being a bit worried, a bit concerned, we thought, you know what, let's just enjoy it, right? I mean, this is a situation that we're in. As long as we are focusing on the hygiene and safety and well-being, enjoy this opportunity. I mean, yeah. a lot of people saw positives. I mean, I always like to see the silver lining in everything, right? I, I always yeah. approach life with the glasses half full. That's and right. for me, when I looked at the lockdown and I said like, okay, yes, it has had an impact on this side. However, I have been far more efficient work-wise. I've been yeah. able to really get a lot of things over the table. I mean, working... 12 hours a day from the office was one thing, now working maybe even longer hours from home, but really being productive, connecting a lot more virtually, but connecting a lot more with the team and also still managing to have a lot more family time than I was able to do when we were at the office. So there are a lot of positives that came out of this. And that's why we thought that making it a fun approach to the campaign will give people this lighthearted approach to yeah. to something that's that's you know they can enjoy while still being productive. Yeah, no, it's very clever. I loved I loved the barrier sort of <laughs> dropping down when he was actually in a coffee shop. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very clever. Then, then we saw like, you know what? We have so many people living in Dubai. Yeah. And the way that the measures have been taken in Dubai as a city, a lot of the residents, the expats, loved it. And they thought like, you know what? I mean, if there's anywhere that we want to be during this period of time, it would be Dubai. And in fact, we were getting messages from our own friends and, and colleagues from the ecosystem telling us that their family and friends from abroad are getting jealous of how Dubai has managed things. Yeah. So we said, you know what? Why don't we introduce something that makes people stay here for a much longer period of time, feel a lot more comfortable? So yeah. the retirement program was then was then launched off the off the back of that. And it gives people a chance to actually think of Dubai as a long term and not yeah. a stopover. And, and bear in mind that many, many people over the past 20 or 30 years thought of Dubai as a stopover, ended up being here uh, like for a much right. longer period of time. And a yeah. second or third generation as well right. in many cases. So so I think this gave us a great chance to introduce this. Again, something that we've been discussing for years now, but it made this pandemic gave it a chance to really execute on that and turn that uh, vision into reality. And if I look at it from a work perspective as well, um, you can see that there were a lot of things that we had discussed in the past about events eventually becoming uh, virtual or a hybrid. And one of the events that Dubai World Trade Center had launched as soon as the market opened up for us, which was the 7th of July, we had an AI conference that took place. And it was, first of all, the way that the physical attendance was done, it gave people a lot of confidence. They were a little, a little bit weary of how things would be managed, but the way the registration was done, the way that people arrived on site, the way that they were managed on site and then led into the physical space and the way that the safe distances were, were being measured, people were masked and those things were being put into place and all the, the cleaning between sessions and stuff that was taking place, and it was done so seamlessly. That yeah. people felt so comfortable, so at ease being there physically. It was a huge positive sign for us. And at the same time, we also had opened up that show virtually as well. So people could attend from around the world. And for those who were still a bit concerned, they could still attend and not miss out on, on what was happening. Again, gave us a chance to put into practice something that, that the world has been talking about, the hybrid model of, of conferences and actually seeing it in reality. And I feel that that could also transition into something that we'll be focusing on a lot more going Abs forward. Absolutely. That's great. So we talked about the marketing element and, and the initial campaigns, and then you have the current one is the Live Your Story campaign. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Of course. And I think, um, as I mentioned before, we had three or four different phases of our campaign, right? Yeah. There was the awareness part of it, which was the first few months of the lockdown. Idea was just to make sure that people still engage with Dubai and Dubai still remains top of mind. Then we looked at the consideration phase of it with the ready when you are campaign. And that was, again, starting to move people down the funnel, giving them things to be excited about, look forward to, and remind them of things that they're missing. And at the same time, then the evolution, the natural evolution into the conversion part was within your story. So now it's a time where you can actually come to Dubai and really enjoy what Dubai has to offer. So you've been building and dreaming about this moment. Now it's here. And then also the important part of that is to work very closely with, with our partners in the trade. We have Emirates and Fly Dubai that we work very closely with, of course, but with the Dubai, of course, being a, uh, uh, Dubai airports having the open skies policies, we work with, with all our partners around the world to be able to bring in as many tourists as possible into the city. And of course, with the trade on the ground to be able to leverage a lot of these campaigns that we're doing, all these assets are readily available for them to access and use to be able to then convert those potential interests into, into the city as well. Yeah. And as we do any of our campaigns, we always make sure that it's relevant to different target audiences, different segments within the different markets and serving a different purpose. We pride ourselves for being a family destination. But at the same time, Judy, you might remember very clearly, our family targeting audience was quite wide. 
So yeah. uh, we start with families with kids, and those kids yeah. can actually be young adults. And then you also go into the um, couples who are traveling as newlyweds or honeymooners. But of course, when you get to the young adults within the families, then you go to the individuals who then be traveling with their siblings and their friends as well. So yes. it kind of like opens up the, the, the horizon for us. But also uh, making sure that the messaging is relevant for them as well. So what we are doing for the family destination in terms of the uh, theme parks, the different hotel offerings, the different beach offerings will be very, very different in its message to couples traveling together who yeah. might be looking at different properties and their way of spending and, and what they're looking for from a cultural heritage side of Dubai and what Dubai has to offer. And of course, let's not forget the amazing gastronomy scene that That's Dubai right. has to offer as well. So the Live Your Story becomes relevant to every individual trying to make it as bespoke as possible and showing them the wide variety of things that you can do in Dubai that goes well beyond just the beach, retail and luxury. Yes, absolutely. And Issam, you have a lot of festivals and events year-round in Dubai. Do you see that changing, you know, in a sort of post-pandemic era or is there a different approach to those events or will the events still go ahead? Because you've obviously got the food festival and shopping festivals and different sports events and things like that. How do you see that evolving in the future? I think it's the, the evolution would be more us adapting to the new norms, right? And I right. think this is, this is something that we should be aware of. Even when I talk to the team from a planning perspective, I always talk about let's not expect travel to go back to the norm immediately, right? Yeah. There will still be a lot more concerns and stuff. And let's not forget, there's, there has been an economic impact on individuals yes. um, ac uh, across the globe as well. So even though in many cases, travel had started to look as less of a luxury, it yeah. might actually go back into that luxury segment for the, in, on an individual uh, level. So therefore, maybe people who would travel two, three, four times a year, the number of trips might actually reduce. And with that in mind, they would want a lot more quality out yeah. of each of those breaks and vacations that they might have. In some cases, it might be going back to visit family and, and friends or traveling out to visit family and friends. And in some cases, it will be a shorter break as well. So, so there are many different factors that we will need to consider that we might have not considered yeah. in the past or yeah. have taken for granted in the past. So the same thing I would say applies to the events and festival side. If you look at the number of events that we've added, we, we've had shopping festival summer surprises for over 25 years now, uh, and they've been extremely yeah. successful for Dubai yeah. and continue to do so. And DSS, we have just finished the summer surprises. It was quite successful in some cases because we relied a lot on the resident population. So the domestic uh, part of it, which during this period of time usually would be traveling out. But they played a huge role in making sure that we had a successful DSS within the parameters that we found ourselves uh, under. Then we also had the Home Festival, which is a very new one that, that we had introduced. And we're now going into uh, our fitness challenge, which is yeah. in its fourth year. That's right. And it comes at a, at a right time because it is talking about 30 minutes of exercise a day for 30 days. But it's also talking about the health and well-being of individuals. Yes. So it's about, again, taking it outdoors, but again, being very cognizant of the current circumstances and the situation and making sure that they are taking it upon themselves to be responsible in whatever it is that they're doing uh, during this period of time. It's good to see that the outdoor activity is back on and that will help the fitness challenge in a big way. But again, there is a controlled approach that's happening. And I think even if we look at the other events and festivals, you will see some of these new measures in place, whether yeah. it's limits to the number of people in the malls or within the stores or within the restaurants, making sure that the tables are set up in a way that you're keeping and allowing for safe measures and safe yes. distances between the tables and between the individuals. So I think 
it will go on, but it will be a new way of actually progressing into the new norm might be. Absolutely. And you were talking um, very correctly about the fact that I think consumers will definitely be more conscious about their consumption moving forward as well. And certainly we're seeing that trend as well, that people will travel less frequently, but for longer. And that might also change, um, you know, what people are looking for in that accommodation experience as well, because, you know, they, they'll generally be much more conscious about what they're doing to the environment. They'll, they'll want to be giving back to communities. They'll want to not be flying as much, but they'll want to continue flying, you know, so it'll be perhaps a longer trip and, and just spending more time in that one destination. All I can say is that we are definitely pushing across all of the key markets for us, right? Okay. And we need this to say from a Department of Tourism perspective, we make sure that the safety measures are in place. And then we start getting a bit demanding in opening up more and more markets for ourselves. For us, of course, getting things back to normal, whatever the new normal might be, as quick as possible is very, very important. So there are a lot of things that we present upwards on a federal level, because then there is the bilateral discussions that need to happen. And I know that there is dialogue going on. And I think it's the measures that Dubai put in place in the beginning, a lot of people had concerns because they would see so many cases coming up. But what they didn't realize was because we were running so many tests, which was unprecedented. And I think once people started to get aware of that, they start to get a lot more comfortable. So it actually worked to our advantage, which was the case. You started that and that really helped us quite a bit. So now it's about ensuring that A, there is that safety consciousness that's being addressed from those uh, countries. And again, of course, like you said, uh, the PCR testing. Because of the number of tests that we are running, there are in many cases that our PCR tests can come back in, in half a day. But unfortunately, because of the demand on the tests, sometimes it can take longer than that. If people are taking long breaks, the last thing that they want to do is spend two days, even if it's just two days or three days in quarantine while they await the results. So I think currently, I would say this is a bit out of my hand to give a specific idea on, but uh, we are definitely working towards ensuring that we have quick tests or quick turnaround times on tests that that can be put into place without jeopardizing the quality of the tests, of course. And at the same time, the bilateral discussions to ensure that all governments are happy and extremely comfortable and confident of what Dubai is doing and the UAE is doing and the measures that UAE has in place to ensure that they don't put any additional restrictions to people coming back. That's the other thing that we're, we're also uh, looking at. Yes, Sam, in terms of the future of marketing, I mean, obviously, we've all been very engaged on digital screens for the last six months, um, you know, being stuck in our homes and consuming everything digitally. Is there a change that um, Dubai is going to be looking at in terms of what it does? You already do quite a lot in the space anyway, but is there any further changes that you're going to be looking at in the coming sort of six to 12 months of what you're going to be doing to really target the consumer um, that's already consuming very heavily in that space? We've been investing quite a lot in terms of the content that we're creating. And, yeah. and, and we're lucky in the sense that within the ecosystem and a wider ecosystem of Dubai, we have great, great content being created on, on a daily basis. And I think for us, it's very, very important to find the right platform, the right partners, the right channels to push that content out as wide as possible. Because again, as, as you said, people are glued to their screens nowadays, right? Whether yeah. it's the iPads or the TVs. And and nowadays, even the TVs themselves have become large iPads in their own right, where people are surfing and searching for things and experiences in beautiful shots of, of destinations where they can dream about uh, going to next. So I think it's given us a great opportunity to leverage that in a much, much bigger way um, yeah. than we had done in the past. 
So we need to continue to do that more often. At the end of the day, as much as the screens give us a chance to dream and aspire, it's we still have that hunger and that itch to get out there and to really touch, feel, and get to see these locations uh, and destinations firsthand. If I just turn that around on, on Dubai for, for a second from a different perspective, we are now focusing a lot more on the other pillars of Dubai, the arts, heritage, mm. culture side of yes. Dubai. Again, there's so much happening in Dubai on that front. It gives us a chance to talk a lot more about that as well. From another perspective, I think it's also very, very important for us to be able to pursue gastronomy. For example, when we're looking at it from an angle that we have 200 different nationalities in Dubai, those 200 different nationalities in Dubai are not just residents, but they're people who who are contributing to the city. They're people who are contributing to the country. And I think it's very important for us to showcase that in different ways. Mm-hmm. And showcasing that through food, showcasing that through experiences, and letting people realize that these people are not just people who are in Dubai for, for a few years. These people also are in Dubai, calling Dubai home. And what's important, if we can, again, use these screens to, to showcase, because it's very different. It's only when people visit Dubai that they start realizing the impact of that. It's very important for people to realize that in Dubai, you don't become integrated to the extent where it all becomes one. What's beautiful is that every single one of these different backgrounds and cultures are still represented in its purest form. Yeah. And the way that they live together in that harmony and, and it's just is just beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's what's unique about Dubai. Yeah. And that is what we need to start to leverage these channels and these platforms even more to convey that message in a much, much better way. That's right. And there's lots of, I mean, the stories, you know, that the expats living in Dubai can tell. From my experience living there 14 years, you know, it's really authentic to be able to hear of all the nationalities and the stories as well. So in an incredibly safe destination, but one that changes constantly as well. And that's the exciting thing about Dubai is that it is constantly evolving and adapting as we're in these times as well. Just talking a bit more about your opinion on, on some of the elements of the future, what do you think, in your opinion, are some of the big changes that need to happen within the industry to remain sustainable in the future and, and I guess, to protect society, the economy and the planet? I think, I think there's a few things. I mean, if I look at it first from a, from a travel ecosystem perspective, mm. I would say that every one of us should start looking at the evolution of travel in terms of what is going to look like post-pandemic. So that means, like I said, the purchase behavior will change, whether it comes to the booking period, how long yeah. people are going to be traveling for, how early people might be booking or how late. Um, I think um, the late bookers are starting to increase in numbers. And again, it just it just seems to be like the, the nature of how things are changing. And let's not forget the newer generation. We look at the Gen, Gen Z and Gen Alpha coming up as well they seem to be a lot more quicker in, in decision-making processes compared to when, when we were uh, deciding as well. So I think those are the kind of trends that we need to be on top of. Mm-hmm. And now I think it, uh, with the pandemic, it would have kicked that into a full throttle. The other thing also we need to bear in mind is how people are booking and how they're seeking and, and finding destinations. So we need to understand better where we need to present our messages and how we position them. That's going to be important. But then it comes to the eco side of travel when it comes to the sustainability aspect and, and environment and so on. This is something that, that over the past few years, Dubai as well has started to take steps in the right direction. We have a lot more offerings coming on uh, online now, which revolves within that space as well. And in some cases, when you look at the landscapes that people are not necessarily familiar with about Dubai, which is Hatta, which are yes. the rock- Exactly. Yeah. The Rocky yeah. Mountain side of Dubai, yeah. which 
especially this, this time of the year, starts to get very, very important. And even within the older parts of Dubai, when it comes to Al-Fahedi and those districts, two locations where even for us as, as nationals, we used to go there. I mean, uh, whenever the weather starts getting better, that used to become every weekend, we go out there with the families for barbecuing and just having that nature, wildlife kind of an experience. And as we grew older, we started going with friends and camp out there. And, and things. Yeah. So I think those are becoming hugely important. When you look at the desert side, the Mermoom and many of the other sites within Dubai that is focusing a lot on the wildlife and the nature of what Dubai has to offer. Again, things that people don't necessarily associate with Dubai. These are becoming hugely important. And in Hatta itself, we have some beautiful campsites now that are very, very eco-friendly and they've got beautiful hiking uh, trails and, and mountain biking trails that are created in this, this beautiful environment where families can go and even, even young adults who want to just go and enjoy a, a break with their, with their friends and stay within these uh, already well-set-up trailers that, that, uh, that are they're very cool and very easy uh, to access. And at the same time, these beautiful glass lodges that are, that are on top of different mountains. And, and I think it is something that, that we're doing from a conscious perspective, but also we're doing it in a, in, a, in a space that we're seeing a lot more demand coming through as well. I know that from the research that we've conducted, there's still a lot of concern around, you know, booking far in advance, but also, you know, the ability to have flexibility in cancellation and booking policies. Is that something that Dubai and and the partners, you know, have all addressed? Over the past few years, the ecosystem within Dubai, um, when it comes to the facilities, hotels and so on and so forth, they've been really accommodating and they've been yeah. they've been a lot more forthcoming to to these to these situations and i would say if anything from the pandemic onwards i have seen that become even uh, more obvious uh, you can see that they they understand the long term gain over the short term uh, yeah. and i think that's where it becomes very very important for us and we've been focusing a lot on ensuring that they too understand what we're hearing from the trade, from our offices around the world as well, and understanding what's happening in those markets. What are the trends and changes that are happening? Because at the end of the day, we're not a the only destination in the yeah. world, right? Yeah. And we're aware of that. So we know that if we take a bit too long in order to take a decision or make a change, it will have an impact on us in terms of it could potentially send people elsewhere. We want yeah. people to always have that advantage and understanding that Dubai is is ahead of the game and it is always accommodating in any which way you might look at it. So so it's good to know and it's good to see the partners that we have and the regular dialogue that we have with them has that kind of an impact with them here on the ground and has enabled us to be able to make those changes uh, as and when needed. And I have um, another question around collaboration, and I know that Dubai does this exceptionally well with the industry stakeholders, but we're seeing a shift um, from um, competition to collaboration. Are you seeing now that, you know, even within the same sector in Dubai, that whether it's hotels or attractions or DMCs, you know, that people are collaborating a lot more instead of focusing on competition? You know, that's it's definitely shifting in, t- in terms of people's approach. And are you also collaborating with other countries as well to exchange best practice and innovation and understanding what they're going through? You said something absolutely correct. I mean, Dubai has always, I mean, Dubai's success has built, mm. built on collaboration between the yeah. private and the public sector. To be honest, that is that is one of the biggest advantages that we have. We want to ensure that, that that is the case going forward as well. During the pandemic, like you mentioned, there's a lot more collaboration that we can see across the different players within the ecosystem. Um, and the sessions that we're having with these groups is actually on a wider ecosystem level as well. 
where everyone is aware of of the the conversation is the same message that goes across to all of them at the same time but of course at the same time we give them the opportunity and the chance to be able to have that one on one discussion with us yeah. as well but leaving that aside for a second we used to do that a lot in the past but more so lately are uh, these discussions with the different uh, tourism bodies and the different government bodies across the world for them to understand transparently what we've been doing yeah. what we've been planning how we've been working on it um what has worked for us was this successful for us as well and then of course hearing from them as well what they're up to what what are uh, you know what's in the works for them as well and of course we still keep a little bit of trade secrets ourselves yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we need we need to have that a little bit of an edge but it is in a in a uh, very friendly transparent approachable manner and i think uh, i can safely say that in the past 6 months i have uh, met my counterparts from around the world much more often than than i would have uh, over the past few years I guess one of my final questions what advice would you give um to destinations or countries that are not yet open and that are just in that stage for waiting for the governments to allow the borders to open from your experience from reopening early and being open now for 4 months you know what advice would you give to them The biggest thing I would say is as you push towards opening up more international markets you need to understand what the changes are yeah. economically around the world right yeah. understand that you need to align with their expectations not what your bottom line expectation is and i think that that is sometimes where a lot of us fail when we're looking at our numbers and yeah. we're trying to match whatever we push out here to meet our mm-hmm. numbers and it gives you a very isolated view i think it's very very important for you to actually look at what's happening around the world right specifically within your target audience within your your segments and then try to see what's realistic and you might need to adjust your own bottom line uh, aspiration so that's that's one side of it The other thing I would say is also looking at the travel trend as well, right? If you are expecting to get bookings well in advance and making sure that you lock in numbers well in advance, that might might not be the case going forward. Yeah. So you need to be willing and ready to offer last minute offers this and that early enough to to entice people to visit. But now leaving those things aside for a second, look at domestic tourism as well because mm-hmm. there will be a lot of people that regardless of how much confidence any destination might instill in uh, potential travelers some travelers might not so be ready in their own mind to travel they would mm-hmm. rather be at home during this period of time because they just feel more comfortable within the spaces that they know so make sure that you don't ignore domestic tourism you don't ignore the people who are still willing and excited to enjoy a break locally as well yeah. try to entice them try to encourage them to come yeah. in and maybe leave their home even if you're two doors down but you have a nice offering within your hotel let them come and experience that as well so i think it's very 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 important for us to step away mm-hmm. uh in some cases really far away from from the way we used to do things and take a fresh approach it Absolutely. might open up new avenues for you for the for the near future as well change that perspective change your approach change your mentality and try to really understand and get into the psyche of every opportunity that you have at your doorstep. Isam, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you again and it makes me very homesick for Dubai. Every time I talk to you, I just want to be there, but I hope that it won't be too long before we can actually get back across um, you know, to Dubai and enjoying all the wonderful things that you've talked about today. But good luck with the the rest of the opening up um of the rest of the markets and we look forward to seeing much more innovation coming from Dubai you're always an aspiration to look at so thank you for coming on today
Julie, it was, it was my pleasure. I look forward to seeing you very soon in Dubai and everyone else who's on this call as well. And like I said, I mean, it's, it's easy to get sucked into the negativity of, of what's happening, right? And I think it's, it's our responsibility and we should take it upon ourselves to pull ourselves out of this and also others around us, right? And, and look at the positives from this. There's a lot of beautiful things that we have learned during this period of time. And I think it's very, very important to get a fresh look to life because the problem is we sometimes end up going further and further and further down into that one avenue. And we we start looking at it from a very uh, narrow approach. Take this as a chance to have a much wider perspective, a fresh start to a lot of new things. And trust me, I I really feel positive about better, better things to come. Thank you. Next week um, on the 29th of October, we're looking forward to welcoming the president of Tourism Portugal who um, has also been appointed as the president of the EC as well, Commission. So that's going to be another interesting conversation moving forward. I'd also like to thank the the Forum Group Events and Marketing, who have been working with us behind the scenes to ensure all of our technology is supported throughout this webinar series. So thank you, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. 